Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Technicali. Uh, my name is Valentine, editor at TechZim. Today, as usual, joined by Edwin, uh, media producer at TechZim. And for the first time, the very elusive man has come before us, or in our midst, I should say, um, Leonard, the other editor at TechZim. Yo, what up, what up? Uh, how's it going? Right. Good, man. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Edwin, on Abasa, because we talk daily, so it's fine. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> it's fine. This is fine. Yeah, it, it is fine. So, gents, we're assembled here to talk about the Potras Q3 2021 report. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I, well, we're having a conversation before this started, and it's a treasure trove of like really insightful and interesting things in how the market is shifting in terms of telecommunications and internet. Um, mediums usage and whatnot um so not to sound like i'm self-centered because leonard said let's start with this point <laughs> said, <laughs> let's start with um with um the contribution uh the contribution that mobile data has had or the increasing what you call a fluctuation of contribution uh that mobile data has had uh over the last year or so um so I don't know if I let me ask let me ask Leonard like is it surprising that mobile data is now like this close to to voice calls? Uh, so it is surprising, but it's not surprising at the same time. I, I guess uh, because with this whole pandemic and this remote working and remote learning, uh, we expected uh, demand to grow. Yes, uh, it's there. But like you were saying as well, uh, most of the growth is coming from the bundles. So did we expect people to do this more? I guess because with more social distancing and uh, right now, I, I, are there, what do you call those? Lock, lockdowns, whatever. Again, I, I don't know, but we're forced to, to communicate via WhatsApp, via this, via Facebook, via what Zoom. So in that sense, it's not surprising, but it is surprising in that uh, our voice is still valid as well, because the thing is, even when people are on WhatsApp and Facebook and whatever, I don't think people are, I don't know, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think people are really uh, video calling. I don't know. So, so if it's voice calling, yes, we think uh, would expect that. Uh, I mean, voice calls, vo- uh, VoIP, it would be cheaper to make WhatsApp calls. But uh, the market tells us, and I mean, our experiences uh, bear the same that uh, uh, on e- on these networks, on these mobile networks, it's it's not. It's not a good experience. I mean, the voice calls, they, they don't work as they should. So you'd expect that if people really want to talk to each other, uh, voice is still there. Uh, is it too expensive? I don't know. But this drop in, 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 in voice's contribution to total revenues, so it's surprising in that sense, but not surprising in that other sense. So that, that's, how, that's how I see it. Interesting, like remote work is something that, and e-learning. So e-learning is, it's a have and have not sort of thing. So those who can afford it or those close to the middle, to to, to, to the middle class, it's not really a big problem. Like it's something that they can afford, even though kids are going back to school. But a portion of that is is being done over over internet services, similar with remote work. So remote work for guys like us, journalists, you know, um, media producers, uh, call centers, um, other operations that can be done remotely. Yeah, fair enough. But in my mind, it's the minority. Because if you think about mm-hmm. it, the service sector still has to pitch up. Your, yeah. your, let's start from the, from the most north of Samora ideas, your, your, your food courts, chicken ins. You need people operating those booths for them to work. Your supermarkets, mm-hmm. you need people operating those to work. Um, healthcare sector, the, the police, the military, um, their services that, that can't be removed from remote work, um, which I think constitute the majority because the civil service is the biggest employer in, in Zimbabwe. Uh, the government employs the most people. So it, to me, it's, it, it, it strikes as the guys who are remote working in Susu 
we're the people who are probably consuming more in terms of data. Um, because the upward trend uh, for uh, mobile data's uh, revenue contribution from the, when I was looking through the reports, really sort of started Q2 2020 and then went down Q, Q3 2020 to 28.3%, but then went up again to 317 and then 367 then 34 point, then went down to 36.4 and then went up now to 38.9. So I, I think it's, it's, it's these remote workers, people who are now more indulgent in um, internet-based services who are consuming much more of it than they would um, voice calls. So I'm, I'm saying this because data plays a, a variety of roles, not necessarily just one for communication. It's, it's also the entertainment. Um, and we know how I mean, Ed, Ed is in the, we're, we, the, and so many times we are in the community groups, we hear people, the first thing that when new bundle prices come out, people are comparing the private Wi-Fi bundles or Wi-Fi or you know, Telesol uh, home Wi-Fi bundles to see which one's cheaper because that's a primary way of content consumption. So maybe Ed, you can come in. I'm not sure, Kuti, is that a consistent view of, of it? Kuti, it, it's not just, well, it is, Kuti, it's not just for entertainment. It, it's not just for, for communication. Uh, entertainment plays a big role in it. Um, and as well as e-commerce. So as much as we might like like to think, oh, I was reading an article from Startup BizHub, or it's, it's, a, it's a Zimbabwean startup publication, but it said e-commerce is not as big as you think it is because we can't get how many people are doing it on WhatsApp. But the very fact that we don't have the number of people doing it on WhatsApp could also indicate that these WhatsApp bundles, exactly. So they're contributing a good, a large proportion because I, I've, I've been looking at these e-commerce startups and e-com and people who are buying and selling things over WhatsApp and the speed to which they've learned the platform to the point that they're now updating their inventory on their WhatsApp catalog suggests that it's now some sort of industry standard to keep your prices updated, to keep your inventory up to date to what you have in stock, what you don't have in stock. Um, so that again is, is again, business, especially small businesses are being pushed online. Um, and there's another route that, that internet services fit into. And I think it, it's just blossoming. So the, the example I gave was fixed internet, a uh, fixed telephone, sorry, my landlines, where it's been a while since voice has dominated, uh, in terms of revenue contribution. I think it's been years. Um, most fixed telephone, uh, operators mostly get their money from, 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 from internet services. Um, even on a business level. Like you, you're consuming more internet-wise than you are consuming with with actual voice calls, uh, and it's then the numbers. I think the last one I checked was uh, Q1 2020, which was 71.6 percent of the total revenue contribution was from internet, from internet, or from the internet or internet services. So I think it's 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 super complex um, because also in saying that people are on WhatsApp, right? I'm, I know I'm kind of jumping about, but it's it's fascinating, at least in my mind. That as much as we say people on WhatsApp, like if you go to places like where we were uh, for the roadshows, like Epworth, uh, where we went last time, you don't, you see most people not with like um, kombuchas, but it's it's a common feature. You still see people selling physical airtime. So the assumption is that that is the major, that, that is the majority. That. Um, of those people would be would would not have regular access to the internet, or would be in a in in the, in the tax bracket to afford inter, uh, to afford uh, internet cable devices. Uh, because again, I'm thinking it's it's different now because everyone who's coming in, like you know, the, the younger generation. I think they start with Gen Z. They are they were born in an age where, tel- where cell phones are commonplace, but the ability to afford a cell phone that is internet capable is a difficult thing rather than just have a phone that can do GSM calls. So it's, it's something that's like playing around in my head. I'll let Ed come in here because I think he's the voice of reason. I think. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it is, as you said, it is, it is pretty complex because, um, well, just looking at that increase in consumption of data coming really close to like in terms of revenues coming really close to the revenues of voice um 
there, there's really a lot of at play. The whole working from home thing, you start establishing your setup at home to accommodate working from home and then translates to internet because it's one of those where I, I think we may have had a discussion like this a little while back saying that there are a lot of people who are now buying data for work stuff and then people who are at home also jump on that data to use it for other stuff, whether it's a kid doing their research for school or whether it's entertainment. So that kind of then drives a lot of people to say, hey, if I can replace some aspects of my lifestyle with the internet, why don't I just divert more funds there so that let's say instead of DSTV being my source of entertainment, I go to Netflix and then just have a bigger internet plan. And I think for some people, it might be an easier one because probably they get some form of internet from the companies they work at so that they can actually work from home. And then they gen that's, they then just supplement that amount with whatever it is that they can so that they have enough internet for the other extras that they want to use it for whilst they're at home. So there is that way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that um, working from home has been the biggest driver for that. And it's got to a point where people are now aware of other places where they can get entertainment. So it's no longer just um, Netflix. It's now other platforms like YouTube, TikTok and, and the like. And like the, the other time when we were just checking the stats, uh, in terms of just social media sites, uh, what's that called? Pinterest was more popular than Facebook in Zim. So it's one of those where people start understanding these other things that we, that they become aware of these other things that they were not aware of. And that then drives the data up. Um, but, and, and the old, the over the top services as well, then kind of, make it make less sense to then use uh, voice because a lot of the voice traffic was for business. And the reason why it was for business is I know a lot of people when they work, they were, they were given airtime for calls, like an allocation for airtime for calls, or they were on contract lines where they would have a certain number of minutes a month that they would use for calls. So on the business side of things, uh, because a lot of people are now working from home, I think a lot less of the calling is now happening, and most of the communications is now um, is now on you know electronic in the sense of emails and WhatsApp calls, Zoom meetings, and the like. So because of that, I think that's also having a knock-on effect on the amount of revenues that these MNOs are making from uh, voice. There's just not that many people doing business calls as pre-pandemic. So, yeah, like it's it's just some of those things that are the shift that is happening right now is just making these numbers move around in a certain way where, yeah, like uh, data starts catching up to voice, something that I don't think a lot of MNOs expected to happen this early. Mm-hmm. So, so, so on that point, something. So, so what you're talking about and what Valentine mentioned as well, I'm curious. Uh, when we, when we, when we talk about people working from home like that, uh, in my head, like the, the the quick assumption that it just falls in my head is, okay. So for for those who are working from home, uh, mostly they have access to fiber or or other options. Uh, so are we saying when we're talking about both right now we're talking about uh, mobile internet uh, data and traffic uh, data traffic. So are we saying uh, for, for, for these people like you were mentioning Valentine like for, for the journalists and, and, and all these prof- professionals working from home um, I was saying even the mobile internet traffic is has is, is increased there. I'm just curious there. What, what do you think about that one? Yes, I think it has though. Like the MiFi revolution is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. There was a time where 
because uh, I've been following a lot of these very small um, uh, e-commerce shops or, you know, uh, online shops. And in like January or something like that, uh, last year, you wouldn't really see too many MyFi routers. You'd see them at, at, at certain shops in certain places. But now it's almost common that anyone, everyone is selling MyFi routers. Like the guy who built my PC is now selling MyFi uh, routers because the, the the appetite and demand is there. Um, the level of investment for you to get something like fiber is excruciatingly expensive, especially if you're looking at Zol. Um, even Tel One in itself is, is really expensive um, when you're coming to install fiber. Uh, Wibronix is, or, you know, uh, well, Tel One Blaze, which is only, is very limited and there are no SIMs. Uh, Wibronix is also pretty expensive to invest in um, to get the router, but you can go to Econet or you can go to to to, to, to Net One or Telesel and get a, a MiFi, or go to any shop and get a, a universal MiFi, and then plug in your SIM card, and you then you know just choose the bundle, and then you can use it there. I think it's it's more it, um, it's a cheaper way to get people onto the internet because it's it's less of an investment, especially if you look at like workforces. Uh, imagine a workforce of 300 people, 150 of which have to work from home now. Imagine the Zol installation cost for each and every one of them, or the Wibronics cost for each and every one of them. But getting everyone MiFi routers is far cheaper. And the bundles are uh, comparable, but it's, it's, it's cheaper. Like when you get into the, into the higher end, like NetOne's biggest bundle, I think it's like 12 grand something. At that point, you might as well invest in Wibronics. Because Wibronics gives you 100 gig for, I think, um, 20 gig more than NetOne's giving you for their highest, I think it's 80 gig package. Um, so yeah, they're, they're trade-offs, but for everyone to enter, I, I think mobile internet is super important. Um, uh, because you, and even not even if it's not MiFi, like you can still, uh, what's it called, tether with your phone. Mm. Which is an even cheaper investment, because all now you need to do is just buy the bundle. People can just tell with their phones. I'm not saying people were doing this, but looking at the price comparison to a Zol installation, which the last time was about eight grand, well, that was way back when, like let's say sixty bucks. Yo, like yeah, mobile internet is still is still very important, even more so for for e-learning. Um, and we also saw another Econet launching their 4G MiFi Kambuzi that can connect up to four devices. I, that's indicative that there is an appetite for the. For, for the MiFi technology in Zim and better still when you have a phone that can do it that is low cost um, mm. like in Ranelti, um so I, I think on, on the mobile aspect yeah I think the shift is more there uh, and even more still like the investment itself going back to the to the tethering mm. everyone has a phone or a line of some kind like you'd be hard pressed to find anyone without at least a SIM card so it makes sense that if you're a company and you want people to work remotely, that that's an entry point to be like, yeah, okay, you know, we can, we, we will pay, we'll buy, we'll buy the bundle for you to be able to do whatever work you need to do from home. Um, so I think MNOs definitely come into their um, big time as, as opposed to everyone else. The bigger companies obviously can afford to then, you know, a fiber installation or get your Ibronics or Utanda LTE or something comparable. Um depending on what the budget is like um but that's that, that that's for the for, for the minority that's that's really for the few companies that can actually do that oh, but but on that on that note though so i'm actually more curious because you remember my struggles with uh, mobile internet yeah uh yeah both econet and net one i challenges couldn't do anything so uh, is it a matter of location what, what's going on how is this uh, usage increasing when, like, if you talk about uh, a terrible experience and not being able to do anything, you get a lot of comments from people all over the country. Like, ah, I can't even text on WhatsApp. Sometimes it takes minutes for a message to send, and all these comments. And so, is it is it a matter of uh, these mobile network operators really focusing in in areas where there's uh, the kind of usage they are looking for and really servicing those areas, it is those guys who are responsible for this uh, data usage increase. Because for me, like if I was using Econet or, Net- or NetOne the way I was before before moving on to Zoom, there was no way I could increase my usage. Not mm. because I, I did not have content to consume or I did not have whatever to use the data for, but 
thing is I just could not, it was down most of the times and, and stuff like that. So I, I'm curious though, so is it a matter of their, their focusing their energy and, and their, 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 their infrastructure maintenance and all that in specific areas? Is, is, could that be the case? Because yeah, in, I think it, it, when we look at it that way, this increase in data usage, it is a bit surprising though. I don't really know how to answer this. I wish Ed's network wasn't messing about and, and uh, he, he didn't drop off. But I would hazard a guess and say it's, it's probably an issue of capacity. Um, that the infrastructure they have there is probably over capacity or close to capacity. So I wouldn't be too sure about um, the MNOs. But from what we've written about Zoll Vibronics expansion, one of the things they said um, was that they increased capacity on some of their base stations to accommodate more people in the area. So this must this might be something that the MNOs have not done because the MNOs probably have a broader infrastructure net than something like Zoll's Vibronics. Um because MNOs serve everybody. Um and as all Utande Taiwan serve a very few, uh, select few select few people. Um so it might be a case of it's it's just capacity. They 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 can't handle the, the demand people have for internet services. Um, which again speaks to the resilience of Zimbabweans, to be honest, because the assumption I made earlier that people can't afford devices, the case might just be people have devices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the statistics to nail down how many, what, what the market share for certain devices in Zim is, is not really accurate, especially when you look at um, guys like Sta- Statista, I think it's called, does like which which cell phone brand is the biggest market chain in Zimbabwe, but that is not reflective of the unregistered um, independent operators, even those who operate in town who sell devices. You don't know which ones are moving at, 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 at higher rates. The guess is ITEL, because ITEL is one of the cheapest ones um, in terms of getting it. Like it's, it's, it, it's expensive, but not you know nearly as much as, as on a Samsung and, and all the other brands. Um, so for 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 getting online, just for the sake of getting online, you're probably better served going to ITEL's uh, low range phones uh, because some of the prices are even comparable to the, you know, to Econet's uh, 4G, MiFi, uh, Kambudzi, or even Taiwan's, which is a little bit more expensive, but essentially is a, is a feature phone. Ed's back. Uh, so Ed, uh, well, I guess you can, ask, you can ask your question. Linda, you can ask your question to, to, to Edwin since he's, he's, he's the engineer amongst us. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, knew, I knew I was gonna use that. Obvious. It was a matter of time. Doctor Engineer Jabuka. No man. Oh man. Yeah. So so Ed. Uh, so so yeah. my question was, uh, looking at this data, we're saying okay, there's there's an increase in data usage, uh, yeah. mobile mobile internet usage, and so so. For me, it is a bit surprising because in my experience, so so again, I know I, it's anecdotal, but when we really, when we talk about the subpar experience we get using these mobile networks, uh, we get comments from all over the country. People saying, ah, I can't even send WhatsApp text messages. I can't even do this. I can't even do that. So I'm wondering if if most like so like I was I was telling uh, Valentine that. I could not increase my data usage on Econet and Net1 because it was just so, so terrible in my area. Uh, it was down most of the time. So if if most people are getting that kind of experience, there's no way data usage would have increased, but it is increasing. So my question was, is it a matter of they are concentrating on a few areas, a few areas where they're getting the kind of usage they are looking for, the densely populated areas where they know they can get a lot of mileage from uh, the base stations in those areas. Is it is it a case of that, or so? So Valentin was talking about capacity. I, I don't want to preempt what he said. But you don't know what he said, and I, I want you maybe <laughs> just repeat what he said. But the, is that is that what's going on? Because looking at it from from the top like that, it, it is surprising mm. that usage is is increasing when a lot of people complain about the kind of experience they get on these mobile uh, networks. What's going on there? Uh, so, so I I would assume it's a cause and effect thing. So the whole point, the whole thing about um, online learning and working from home has forced people to kind of 
now start to look for an internet solution at home. And in a lot of these places, especially the new suburbs, um, no, no internet infrastructure. So people have to rely on mobile, mobile internet. And because of that, there have been a lot of purchases of stuff like MiFi's, stuff that people then buy a line for and then put it in there so that they can then use the private Wi-Fi bundles and the like. And that, I would say, has pushed the demand for rather the consumption of data on the mobile network side of things. And because these are now a lot more devices being used for that purpose, because uh, I would say pre-pandemic, yeah, you didn't really need a lot of data in your phone because you would just use Wi-Fi at school, Wi-Fi at work, or uh, internet cafes, or public Wi-Fi is in town, which, well, I think Zoll used to offer like a free data thing where you would get like a certain amount of data on a Zoll spot for free per day. And you would see places like construction house just full of people on Wi-Fi. So the pandemic changed those things and moved all that demand from work Wi-Fi, school Wi-Fi, and those Wi-Fi hotspots in town to mobile data. And a lot of a lot of it is now being consumed there but then it also has a knock on effect on the network performance as well because as these networks were being designed the demand during the time when these networks was designed yeah it could manage it could work you would have decent speeds i remember doing some speed test back when we were at the office and i'd casually get something like 50 60 sometimes even 70 megabits per second on on like net 1 and, you know, some like 50 on Econet, you'd get like very good internet speed. But all of a sudden it just dropped because I think there's now just a lot of traffic on the network that the networks were not designed for. And I think in the report, there's actually a part where they mentioned that um, expenses of, on equipment of these MNOs has been higher than the money they're getting from that same equipment. And I guess... It's the same concept of they are now trying to do the whole bubble gum and bandage work around to make sure that at least people still get some service, but the system is not uh, does not have the capacity. So that's why network is just bad. And uh, coupled by the fact that so it, it's something that happens with some base stations where if power goes, they might reduced to a lower technology. So if you had 4G and then power goes and then the base station starts working on an alternative power source, it'll then dial it down back to 3G and all you get is 3G. And it's all of these things are just things that are just contributing to poor network performance. And it's something that I'm sure these guys are working on, but it's not something that will go away quickly. And so... Yeah, like, that's, that's just how I think it is. Mm-hmm. I can't so defend you. <laughs> that's exactly what Valentine said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, in, in the end, that's, that's just pretty much, that's pretty much how it is. Like, if you're not getting something, then there's a problem with the supply. So, yeah. It's, so, uh, yeah. So what are people using the, the data for then? Because if I, if everyone was getting the kind of experience I was getting, like like for me it was not worth it. It was just like no, I might as well just stop uh, buying these bundles because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So I guess if it's for text based uh, communications, the, the WhatsApps and, and and the like, it works. But if it's anything uh, more demanding. Yeah, so 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 that's that's why it's it's still a bit surprising for me that, that this kind of data usage uh, increase uh, was seen because yeah, what are people using their phones for then if if everyone is getting that kind of subpar experience, why are they still buying those data bundles? No options, man. Zero options. Yeah. You're like, who are you gonna go to? Because it unless you're for certain, like if you're of a of a certain tax bracket, you can afford to then you know, explore your options. 
So it's like Ed and I were talking about, let's go try out the LTE. But what kept us from that was that they don't have cap packages. It's 99 bucks or bust. So like, yeah, okay, four. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> I'll leave it alone. It's, they reduce the prices, but it's in and around 99 for, for one of the better bandwidth um, packages. But if you're above our tax bracket, obvious, you know, when Zoll's not working, you explore another option, another option, another option. Mm-hmm. Now, distilling it further down, um, someone who's, who, who is, let's say, relying on a weekly WhatsApp bundle. The only other options another MNO, and does the experience get better from one MNO to another? Because I think last week on 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 Twitter, people were complaining about Econet's data services, like yeah. they were working, but it was so muted that it was painful. Um, then the next day you had guys from Net One, uh, Net One subscribers complaining about uh, the network coverage or the the network quality. Or, 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 you know, they're trying to use the phone, but they then people start saying, "No, that thing up under here." X amount, I've got a private Wi-Fi bundle and then a night bundle that I, I bought and it's not working. How do I get reimbursed for that? So when you hear conversations like that, I think it then says, Goody, the options are much more limited when the, the lower down the tax brackets you go. Not saying we're higher up at any point. Like we're just stuck with what we have. Uh, but to, to look at someone who it's, the phone is their only access to the internet, there are fewer options than someone who can on a whim say, okay, I'm going to try out Vibronics. I'm going to try out the LTE. I'm going to try Fibronics or get fiber or for the really rich guys, I'll get VSAT just to circumvent everyone else and just, you know, straight, straight, straight satellite. Oh yeah. Yeah. It becomes an options thing. And there, there are also some people who actually just don't have the options. So it becomes one of those where it's either I'm going to use whatever option I have available, or I actually cannot get anything done because there's no other. So, yeah, yeah. The knock-on effect is crazy if you think about it because let's say you're working for a call center that's now remote or has been forced to work remotely. Uh, if your system goes down and you're on shift, there's n- no amount of fidgeting or trying to fix you can do because the best you can do is turn it on airplane mode for 10 seconds, switch it back on and all for the best. So you got to completely restart the device or phone. So, yeah, it, it, the, the effects of that uh, overcapacity of, of base stations then creeps into, you know, how people actually, the quality of work people actually bringing in um, for, from, from this remote work. So, again, it'll be, a, it's a different conversation, but remote work itself with, with, with network challenges that pe- most people have, it would be something else to explore, um, to explore separately. But moving swiftly along from that, because it takes us quite a, no square to pan up. Um, <laughs> is uh, Leonard wrote about the mobile revenues, costs, and investment. So I touched on a bit with the mobile contributions. But Leo, what did you see with, with, with your friends, the bean counters? What are they saying? Yeah, so it is what we saw like. So the, the good thing is Econet is, is, is listed on the stock exchange. So we get to see their their statement. So just, just a few weeks ago, we were looking at their... Uh, half yearly results for for the period March through August 2021. So we kind of knew what to expect uh, because it's more or less what you could, what, what what's going on with Econet. You just get it at a uh, lower level with the other guys. So operating costs are high. That's the thing. So revenues we saw an increase in revenues. So it was a 15.8 percent increase, but Thing is, we saw a forty percent increase in, in, in operating costs. So, so the report cites uh, what you call uh, uh, depreciation and staff costs and bandwidth costs as the main drivers and the, the inflationary pressures in the economy. So, so more or less that's it. Because when we're looking at Ethernet as well, we saw uh, so Ethernet for for the six months that. Uh, a crazy increase in profits, but th- that was down to, you know, the, the currency fluctuations. So it, it wasn't because uh, they, their their revenues had increased by they increased by ninety five percent, which is good, but uh, it was not enough to 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 explain the five thousand over five thousand percent increase in profits. So though that's what's happening there, the revenues are good because we saw. Uh, this also we're talking about data usage increase. 
that that results in more revenue and voice as well. So we're talking about uh, data gaining on voice, but voice saw an increase too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, people are not calling anymore. So there was an increase there. It's just that it was a bit steeper in in in, in data, uh, leading to it contributing more to to revenue. So. The, the big thing is just the costs then now like we were talking about this uh the kind of uh service we're getting from the network operators and so i remember when i was struggling with my net online i called them and they were like ah so my gets adequate it's the electricity and i was like no uh there's no electricity and yeah when there's no electricity there's no service unfortunately in your area so they have to use uh these alternative power sources for most it's for most of these base stations, it's still it's still diesel uh, diesel power, if I if I'm correct. Yeah, uh, only a few have solar for now, and those are the Econet ones. Some of them they they're installing uh, solar on on some of them, but it's still mostly diesel. And you know, fuel is expensive, and even just uh, acquiring it and and all the assets that come with fuel. So for some, it's, when you when you live in a in a uh, in an area where I mean, you're not densely populated. You're going to suffer uh, because it's just too expensive. So there are these things. So those costs, those operating costs. And like I said, uh, when it comes to working from home, you were talking about it as well. Uh, okay, salaries are still, you still have to pay salaries for this. So uh, did they manage to to cut uh, their uh, staff? Yeah, I guess, I guess. But uh with providing internet and all that for 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 the for the ones that remained that pushes cost up again so they're right where they were so staff costs increased as well even as some lost their jobs which is crazy i mean you know, you, you smaller stuff but still costs go up because you have to uh to to make sure they have internet they have this they have that so, so, so it's a thing, of course, when it comes to this the revenues. Okay, we expected that, but I don't know. Uh, so, thing is, the problem is this time they did not tell us, uh, like the share of each mobile network operator of these revenues and costs. So we have no idea, but we're just working with what we saw in Q2 and from Econet's uh, own financial statements, and we're just assuming, yeah, Econet is still the king when it comes to the revenue and the stuff. But that was the interesting thing for me. It's the costs. And, oh, and like uh, spares, uh, when it comes to maintenance, and they need spares for the, for the equipment and everything. Uh, most of this, well, most of the spares uh, can only be uh, sourced from outside the country. So those forex strategies, again, uh, they are a problem, which we saw even in Econet's uh, uh, report they talked about about that as well like okay sometimes so 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 some of these base stations when we complain about uh the service we're getting they're saying okay we 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 have the money we want to buy the spares and and all that but right now we're not getting all our forex needs uh from the auction and wherever and wherever so so that's the story there i guess for me that's what is it's it's funny you mentioned the auction it's it 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 I don't want to get into the whole pseudo economical debate, but it's like data is or or telecommunication services are now at a point where they are of national interest. It's no longer it hasn't been for a very long tri- time. A trinket, a triviality, or a fad. People now require people now rely on the backbone of our telecommunications infrastructure in order to complete daily tasks. So wouldn't it make sense to prioritize or to give some sort of priority to mobile network operators when it comes to the forex auction? I know there was a story of, you know, backlog still being worked on and whatnot and whatnot, as as with many things that that, that are state-run, but telecommunications are, are far more important now than ever. And shouldn't it be a priority or shouldn't have been, shouldn't it have been a priority coming into 2021? Um, to say that, yeah, your Econets, your net ones, and your, your telestic retailers are, you know, we're going to, number one, make sure that you guys get as much Forex as you can. And I'm not saying they should prioritize over this pharmaceuticals and whatnot. Yeah, I think kind of put them on sort of the same level. Um, you know, get your equipment and your, and, and your stuff and you get your money in a timely fashion. 
Um, and secondly, if there is any, I'm not sure if there's uh, any duties or taxes that come with importing this equipment. Um, but if there is any, I don't know, maybe Ed might know this, but if there is any, wouldn't it be like something they really, they should really consider making it easier to get the stuff into the country because this is something, this is something that everyone now needs. So with more, the easier it becomes, I'm not saying it's going to decrease prices because nothing like that's going to happen in Zimbabwe, but Mm. it at least improves the experience to the point that it's worth paying for, less stressful, and it helps the entire value chain. So now the internet is in every single part of every industry's value chain, not every industry, but most industry, it's part of the value chain now. So if you're not getting, you know, consistent internet, let's not even talk about quality, but consistent internet, where if it's 2G is running just by 2G, but when you're getting at least the, 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 the best you can there, you're, it's detrimental to other industries. Like the example I gave you, a call center. You're, good to, you be, you know, you're working from home, you're working from a MiFi router or tethering from your phone, and you're attending to your, you work for a big corporation, and you're attending to their customers, and then let's just say you're on a MiFi, and you're trying to, you're trying to meet the demands of the customer, but you now can't because of the internet situation. So now people get disgruntled not knowing that it's not necessarily the company's fault. It's something along the lines of the chain that is that that has caused uh, that that has caused the issue. But swinging back to the point of of, of duties or taxes, Ed, might you know if there is any? Because uh, I know on the ICT gadgets don't have duty or something like that. But like, is is would you have a most like something more specific? Hmm. So so I only know the one about ICT. Uh gadgets um so ict gadgets don't carry a duties i guess they try to promote it that way so my assumption would be that so long as the equipment is within that clause of ict equipment then it's not going to face any duty um but there could be other exemptions for other stuff that um contributes to the network Mm. uh so it's it's something that i'm i will look into but there usually is an exemption for some form of equipment if it's contributing to the rest of the network. I checked on, on Zimmer's website just now and yeah, uh, products or you can import ICT equipment duty-free. Uh, so computers, laptops, iPads, iPads really, palm top iPad. Wow. Okay. Scanner, printer, <laughs> braille computers, computer parts and accessories, cordless handsets, base stations and boosters. Now it's really nondescript. Like, Okay, fine. Fair enough. Uh, radar apparatuses, aircraft communications and navigation apparatuses are the ones listed. Uh, duty-free, but VAT is 14.5%. I guess that's, that, that's, um, that's for resale. But I, I don't know where it says base stations and boosters. Does it include all the equipment needed like to run a, a base station installation? Or... Yeah. So it's, it's that whole thing of uh, how, how granular does it get? Because... You would assume if they are saying base station, then it's all the equipment that comprises a base station. And if that's the case, then yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, but it's, it wouldn't be one of those where you'd then have to figure it out at customs that, oh, actually this is not part of the list and yet you've already got it. So, uh, yeah, I would assume that it's base station just means all the equipment associated with a complete base station. Yeah, okay. Because I, I remember talking to the guys at the drone conference and they said uh, when drones came here, they did not know what to do with them. Um, so if, if if the person is, or whoever is handling you, the Zimmer officer or agent who's, who's, who's looking at this equipment, if they cannot discern what it is or what it, you might be held up unnecessarily. But again, with these guys, with, with Econet Net One, these, these things are coming in trucks and the, the things have been designated and probably has been pre-cleared or whatever. Uh, maybe I'm thinking more of on on an individual level, um, but yeah, if, if you know, clearly there isn't any 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 taxes, but even even like even uh, stuff like um, uh, now this would be dangerous because it's like a corporate tax easements on companies like an Econet, Net One, and, and Telesol. E would be great, like in an ideal world, like giving mm. them a little bit of a of a of a cushion so they don't they don't have to pay as much in taxes or that universal services license whatnot kind of scale that back for whenever they need to pay pay it again so they can use that money to reinvest as long as they can um provide and provide um what's it called evidence that they reinvested uh the, the 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 excess that they're not paying back into infrastructure that would be great i think that probably makes more sense 
then keep then charging them at the same rate and collecting revenue, but we're getting a, a we're getting degrading service um, as as more people come online. Because I was saying earlier, kids born in this generation at three or four, they've got a device in their hands, depending on on yep. the expect, of course. But you know, they're more likely to get in, to interact with the device at a younger age than than previous generations. So the entry point is going to be much younger as time goes on. And if the infrastructure is not keeping in step, or the companies can't fund the the, the, the maintenance of um, the maintenance and, and improvement of that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you touched on something that's that's important. Uh, so give, giving them tax breaks or just using whatever power they have as government to to steer investment in, in a general direction, like you said, like you say, okay, if you invest this much in, in infrastructure. Uh, not maintenance, but uh, I don't know, upgrades. Uh, you will get this, maybe, or I, I don't know, a tax rebate or whatever it is, or something just to to incentivize uh, these network operators to to invest more in in, in their infrastructure. Because as, as it stands, like to to, to be honest. Uh, it's not as exciting for me to be told, uh, no, we added this many base stations. They're like, no, but the ones you have right now are not up to scratch. They're not servicing uh, people the way they should. So uh, should we be upgrading those or doing whatever we can to, so that what we have today, so that it works the way it's intended. So if I have a base station close to me, uh, I should be able to get the kind of experience I should get, whether it's on 2G or 3G, like Edwin was saying, if, if it's proper 2G, if it's proper 3G, because with 3G speeds, you remember, 3G speeds are good enough for most of this. You can stream HD videos, you can do a lot of stuff and, and everything. But if, if if that's not working, then government should use that. Tax rebates or whatever, but thing is now knowing our, our finance minister now, <laughs> now he, he loves his taxes, so uh, I don't see that happening, to be honest. I don't see that happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually unfortunate. I remember the, the podcast we had with Eddie Cross, where it was like, he, they should just scrap, you know, that corporate tax and just have that, uh, you know, and increase um, the intermediary money transfer tax to 5%. So at, at the point of mm-hmm. transaction, that's where you then collect your taxes and you don't then burden companies with having to pay a certain percentage um, every year. I don't know how the maths works, but from the little that I know, Kinda, kinda, sort of makes sense in a in a utopian sort of setting. But in Zimbabwe, it's, we are we are taxed at each point. Yeah. So you you get you get VAT, the value added tax. Then you get the two percent tax. Um, so you, the, the 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 kind of quote unquote extractive nature of 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 the of the revenue collection machinery is is, is incredible. And I don't think they want they would want to give up that power. But then giving up that power in in in, in taxing could again, like I think, could then be offset by, yeah, if you show us your books and you show us that you guys are investing, improving network infrastructure, then it's cool. The the, mm-hmm. the the relationship remains. But if we see a lapse, or if you can't justify why the extra money that should have been going to 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 um to improve network infrastructure, then we then return to 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 to, to business as usual and you have to earn your place. Now in saying that, how how much does this apply? This applies, sorry, more to Econet than it does to NetOne and Telesol. Oh, yeah. Because, like, yeah. I, like you said, we 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 get Econet's uh, financial uh, statements and we can look through them. But mm. Net One, I don't think I've seen one personally. I, I yeah. have not. I've not seen one. Tell us or even worse. Uh, Tell us yeah. is, pre- is a big black box right now. Like, no um, yeah. It, so how how does that work? Because now it'll just be Econet's thing that they will that they will be the only one coming forth to do that. So I guess maybe a level of transparency across the board to be like, yeah, net one, you know, show us your 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 stuff as well, um, and and then see how, how how well you're doing because I'm seeing those numbers come out. It'll be interesting what they have what they have invested in. For example, looking at the the in Q3 the base stations, they are the only MNO in Q3 I think to have invested the most in base stations. And just look up where mm-hmm. I was looking at um, net one. Net one, yeah. Um, Net one yeah, four two G thirty seven yeah uh, thirty seven yeah thirty seven in total so yeah it's it's great yeah thirty seven LTE twelve three G and four two G base stations mm. Mm. but like 
yeah, why are they so far behind Egonet, for example? Uh, what is the reason that that has kept them? Because Egonet still got, I think, probably 60%. Uh, yeah. Where's Egonet in LTE? They were 63.9%. I think it was 66-something last last quarter. Um, so why is why are they, for example, now prioritizing 5G um, over an, 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 a mature... Um, a mature spectrum like LTE because I'd imagine the, now this is where I need Dr. Engineer to come in, <laughs> that LTE, <Yeah. laughs> sorry, the, the nickname is not going away. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, LTE equipment is now super mature. Um, yeah. It, I, I'm, I'm guessing the price has gone down in comparison to, to what you'd be paying for, for 5G installation. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but Econet is probably the only MNO that, on the numbers alone is kind of rubber stamped or given the green light to kind of push to, to 5g because they've done, they're dominating everywhere else. Like they mm. own more than half, they own more than half of all three. So. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's quite in, it's quite interesting because for me, it'll go back again to the point of capacity as much as, um, the 4G was at one point in time pretty good. It was not really the fastest 4G you could get. So if the argument is about internet speed, uh, being, Hey, let's bring 5G, because what, what's actually, what actually happens with these base stations is that the actual 5G connection speed that you're getting is just the base station to your smartphone if it can do 5G. So that is what's going to enable the capacity. But you also have to understand that what's coming through the pipe, through the 5G, is what your service provider can push down that pipe. So there can be 5G base stations, but if there is not enough bandwidth to provide those 5G speeds, then you just have a fancy 5G sticker on your phone and yet you're still getting 3G speeds, for example. So it's it's one of those where even I am curious as to what the motivation is right now, considering that it's difficult to get consistent speeds, decent speeds at best on the existing 4G. You would assume the investment would go into... Uh, into a better, more robust 4G network and maybe even make it so that there is more 4G in more places than just the urban areas because most of the 4G base stations right now are concentrated in urban areas. So expanding that and making sure that that works and that works well. And then we then start exploring other different technologies. And the only the only use cases that... I would say somewhat makes sense for me right now is businesses. They might be the only, the only cases where you might need 4G, you might need 5G, but it will be operating at a, you know, 5G Wi-Fi sort of thing. So providing wireless 5G internet to business offices. I think that could work because with that bandwidth, they can support an office space better than 4G. But again, it also depends on if the actual MNO is pushing that bandwidth to that customer. So it's it will make sense after other things are sorted. But right now, uh, not really. There's not a big case for it. I, it would be weird if they did it whilst we have these 4G speeds. Interesting, because I, I remember you, I think you were the one who showed me the website, uh, NPERF, that shows the, that gives an estimation of the base stations in, in Zimbabwe. And mm. you can see 4G is Harare, it lights up. Harare, Gueru, Blawayo, they light up with 4G. Um, but everywhere else is kind of, you know, 2G, 3G, you know, at best. But the, the map is in, in no means accurate, but it's, it's, it's again an estimation of where they're concentrating those because it's, 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 it's in metropolitan areas um, more than anywhere else, which is kind of sad. But the, the point you brought up about, um, you know, you'd be getting five, 5G, it'd be a 5G sticker, but it at 3G or 4G speeds is again something you think about. Because I, when I heard that NetOne's doing it, my knee jerk reaction was this is a vanity project. 
because why would you not then increase capacity at existing stations to make sure the people already there can can get better quality service and then put more base stations kind of like what Zoll is doing um, where they say, well, we've expanded to four areas, but we've increased capacity at certain areas Mm. to make sure that our existing customer base, uh, they are getting the best experience possible. So pushing to another spectrum, it's just one of those, you're like, hey, guys, (laughs) yo. (laughs) And like, for me, it's even worse in the sense that when there was a point in time when the net one network was actually performing better than the econet network and it showed in the reports because econet started to see a bit of a dip in its subscribers compared to net one and it's data that i would assume they have and they understand that if the service is good enough um people are going to migrate to that better service like even if it's a bit more expensive than the competition fundamentally people want especially the people that keep the lights on they want something that works and you would assume that that then becomes the focus of hey i mean for me that that is sort of what it felt like when i when i was looking at their base station numbers for q3 and i was like oh okay they are working on the network base stations yes but again we still need the capacity otherwise it's going to be a wider area that they are covering, but with the worse speeds now, because there is, you know, there are no, there are more people that need to consume that same amount of data. So it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those where I'm like, do they actually sometimes pay attention to the data as well and see what's actually working and then double down on that? Because there are certain knock on effects that that will have on other things. So, okay, fine. More people are now net one customers. They are now a bit easier to convert to one money customers. They are now easier to convert to one gaming. They are now more easy. They can, it's people that are now their subscribers that then start consuming other services that they offer. So it's, uh, it all hinges on good network. Just make it good enough for people to migrate there. And the people that are there to enjoy it even more, that way they then get to att- to attract more subscribers that then consume more services. Mm. I guess that's where they're going. They're going 5G. Uh, so I guess the, the point we can round off on was the observation you brought up, Ed, about um, the shifts in um, uh, the, the point you brought up before we started. Yeah. Oh, the, fixed internet. Yeah, fixed internet, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So that one was an interesting one. So I was checking, I was just checking on the variances, and it looked like um, wireless fixed internet options. So so yeah, there are there is mobile, which is internet you can move around with in your pocket, and then there is wireless, but that's fixed. So that's your VSAT and your WiMAX. And it was interesting that those forms of internet, which are some of the most expensive when it comes to setup and running costs, had the biggest variances, some of the biggest variances in Q3. And yeah, like, I think Valentine, you had a question where you were like, who's who's buying that much VSAT? Exactly. <laughs> and why? Like, unless you're an NGO, I don't get, because when you look at VSAT prices, because I've been, I've been thinking about putting VSAT at the farm for a long time, and the prices are just a massive deterrent. Like the cost of installation, because they charge you per kilometer to get to wherever you are, right? And then the the the, the rental of the equipment, if you're going to buy the equipment, uh, whichever way you're going to go, and then the cost of data is ridiculous. So I'm like, whom <laughs> are NGOs like flocking to Zim now? Because I'm confused. Yeah, it's quite interesting. But I think so. So I think a big uh, reason there would be. Um, it's pretty difficult right now. Uh, I think Leonard mentioned it that a lot of, a lot of these MNOs are finding it difficult, MNOs and internet access providers, they're finding it difficult to bring in equipment so that they can expand their networks because of the forex allocation. So I'm thinking that's slowing down them so much so that they're having to make do with what they have, but also people are then just looking for the options that are available. So yeah, where I live, 
there is no fixed internet. I mean, I saw some guys digging, the telco guys, they were like, yeah, we're putting network. But before they came, there was no form of fixed internet where I live. So I have to settle for what's there. And if I was in such a, if, if I was in a very desperate situation, I would then just settle for WiMAX, which again was supposed to be one of my options up until it wasn't thanks to a mountain. And mm-hmm. so I had to settle, <laughs> I had to settle for, 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 for LTE. And so that then becomes the, the push and pull factors where it looks like there are a lot of areas within Zim where service is needed, development has happened and service is needed, but service providers cannot cater for that demand to a point where other services or other technologies, some of them which we actually, well, I personally thought were dying, are now coming into play simply because uh, there are no other options. Mm. So, that's, so my question is, so I, like you're saying, reset is expensive and, and all these so these variances, so I was, I was just looking at the absolute numbers for the increase in VSAT subscribers. So we're talking about uh, like 57 a month. So knowing the prices, that's a lot. So we're talking 170 new uh, VSAT subscribers in Q3. So so in absolute numbers, it's it's not a lot. It sounds like 170 people. Uh, so it, it makes for an 8.5% increase but uh, it's, it's because the number was low to begin with. Like like they say, like if you're moving from one to two, it's a hundred percent thing, but it's just two people. So so there's that, then there's a hundred thousand uh, new subscribers to 3G LTE and, and 2G. So so there's that, but I think what what you, what you, what you, what you touched on Ed, that uh, when, when you, the options you have, <laughs> those are going to determine what you can, what you're going to choose. Uh, so, so if it's business like it was for you as well, you really have no option. What's there is what you're going to use. So the visa thing, so like Edwin was talking, the NGOs and the, and the like, they're the ones who usually operate in some of those remote areas, you know, and for them, it's for business and there's no way, there's no other option. Like you said, uh, LTE is just terrible in, in those areas. So it has to be visa. So there's that. But I think, yeah, for WiMAX as well, it's less than 100 people in three months. So in absolute numbers, it's, it's not much, but uh, it's interesting nonetheless, I think. Yeah, but I, I think it demonstrates the people with options can move. So it might be mm. small numbers, but those who have the option to move can, can flex that power. So whereas you and I and Ed, Ed, if could have, Ed would have Starlink by now if he could have the option we've if, had, I if I could if I could but then not having that power to move again if even the, if the absolute numbers are small if that number in itself it shows the buying power or the or the or the or the economic power that a certain select few have that they can just bump themselves up to um to visa because the prices are not let me just I was opening the this all visa prices um and it's um where is it it's uh one hundred ninety nine dollars for the bronze package that twenty gig, and then two hundred forty eight uh for the thirty gig. So it's yo bruh, thirty yeah. gig. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. The prices are you have to be committed, or to have um, a really really good reason why you need it. But yeah. for those few people. It is a good enough reason to get it. And I think another one, well, it's one that I just noticed when I was just gallivanting is um, at some of these national parks, that's what they are now resorting to for communications as well. So it's not just VSAT for internet purposes, but it's now also VSAT for actual calls uh, to communicate with, you know, the rest people outside of that game park. So I guess those might be some of the use cases where it now starts applying. But I think there is a, quite a good chunk of people who, if VSAT was a little bit more affordable, they would be using that because it would be somewhat more reliable than um, having LTE, for example, in an area where fixed internet is difficult to find. 
that makes that makes sense. I, I, I think I don't know, Rufaro. What do you think? Or are you in hiding? He's probably in hiding. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a backbencher. <laughs> Today he's playing backbencher. Uh, I can come in to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. And as we were speaking about data, if you want to buy your data bundles, just dial star four zero five hash. You can find your ATM there, your network bundles, your Ethernet bundles. Tell one Wi-Fi is also there, so star four zero five hash. And if you also want electricity, you know, to charge your phones and stuff, you can get it there too. Nyarazo, Rodejals, you know, stay safe out there. It's festive season. Yeah, he did his job. The one had the man had one job and he did it very well. He did it very well. Understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, gents. I think we we might have another one just to just to go further because there's there's a bunch more stuff in it aside from from just data. Um, but if we do have another episode, we'll, we'll probably, yeah, it will come out at some point. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your time, gents.